What is going on? It is Thursday, which only means Thursday night football. You cannot beat that. It's the only football we get until Sunday, right? So at least it gives us something to look forward to. Um, but yeah, I hope your guys' day is going well. We had some trades go down. We had some people getting into it about what what is a good trade, what do you accept, blah, blah, blah. First trade we had that will be going through tomorrow was huge move you know I'd be lying if I didn't think of trying to go after Aaron Jones but the price it it and it fits I knew you'd have to give up a first round pick because he could be kept next year I just I the days of me getting rid of first round picks are over at least me personally I've done it so many times and I'm just I know going into drafts I don't want to get rid of second round picks either uh, this this draft I had two first but I had no second no third, and I'm like, I'm just not having that happen again. So I wasn't willing to pay the price, you know, and I thought that was a great move. I knew someone would go after him, and I thought it would be Austin. I thought it could be Nick. I thought it could be Eric because especially Eric, all the picks that he invested to build this year, this is a year you think that, you know, you don't want to look towards next year, right? It's hard to think you're going to have a better opportunity when you had so many young picks to where you go, you know what, I'm going all in this year. Like Matt, Matt's really pushing. You could see Nick now as his team is one of the best so far through the first quarter of the season. His team team has been incredible. So we see him. And in Austin, his team is, he isn't he, I want to say, yeah, isn't he 4-1? and one? Let me look real quick. I know this is stupid of the commissioner to not know. But I believe he is 4-1. Yes, he is 4-1. and one. And he's going against Nick, who's 4-1. and one. That is one of the games we're going to talk about. I'm not going to wait until Friday like I do sometimes with some of the big games. We usually do talk about Dino's games because he's one of the top listeners, Austin's games. But the, regardless, they're both 4-1, and one, and both of them made big moves today. The, the trade, I thought that was good by Jacob. You know, Jacob's in a situation to where he is wisely building for next year. It's And I think he could have, if he had kept his roster intact, he could have made a push to maybe get six wins, seven wins, right? Try to sneak in the playoffs. But does he feel his team's going to be good enough at that point? Strong enough to, to beat some of the top elite teams? Yeah, I've been there where you go, you know what? I just don't see it. And you hate pulling it. But the good news is, like I said, we got hockey coming up. I don't think Jacob's a big hockey fan. But I do know that he is in our basketball league. So he's got other things to occupy. He's in other football leagues, I'm assuming. This is not his only league. So he's got other things going on. But in this league, I think he made the wise move. And that's a, that's a great grab. You know, Aaron Jones is someone you would look forward to keeping. The only thing that would cause me to double clutch, you know, and try to think about Aaron Jones, and it did go through my mind when I thought, should I try to make a move for him? Because you know Barkley or Kamara or Derek, somebody, most likely Barkley, might get hurt again, and uh, you need the running back depth. But that's too price high price to pay. The only thing that really thought is, what will his impact be next year? We know the Packers are going to want to use him, right? They got AJ Dillon, but Dillon can still go get ten touches like Pollard, not be as effective, but he can get a touchdown like we saw last week. I think he had seventeen points possibly for Eric. That's a good week, you know. That's a good. I'll take that as my RB two, if you have a solid team everywhere else. Is where is Aaron Rodgers going to be? That's the question. I don't believe he's going to be in Green Bay. Not that I have some kind of inside information. I'm sure if we all talked about it, most of us would probably feel that way, that this is his last year there. So is Jordan Love the real deal? Is is he going to be good enough to where the defenses are going to have to at least respect him? Or are they? Or is it going to be, well, we know we just got to take Aaron Jones away and we will win this game, and Jones will have a much tougher road as opposed to when Aaron Rodgers is quarterback. That's my only issue with him, but he's still, this year, a top running back, and I would still see, at worst, next year, an RB2, you know, maybe RB13, RB15. He's still going to be a good running back. I mean, look at DeAndre Swift. You know, there's still teams where the quarterback is good, right? I think Love can have potential, but that was my only deal there. I do like the the chance because, it, and this is what I love. In some dynasty leagues, you make a trade like this, you know that that pick is going to be, 
you know, pick nine, pick 12, you know, somewhere like that. In our league, it can still be, as long as Austin doesn't win the championship, that pick can still be the first overall pick. I love that. I love that we do that. That's such a cool thing that, that we're making these trades and, in, in the the dynasty with Matt, like if I make a trade, I've traded this year's and next year's first-round picks to get guys like Jalen Waddell and um, what was the other one, Stefan Diggs, so you can build a team and then I can go, well, you know what, my team is so good, or it's pretty good, that at worst it's going to be, you know, like the, the 10th pick out of 12 teams or the 9th pick, and that that's based on win-loss record. There is no draft lotto in that. So the, the, when that happens, it's like I go, you know what, I don't think there's anyone at pick 10, 11, 12 that is as good as this player. Well, in this league, Aaron Jones could wind up being the first overall pick for Jacob next year or even a top three and then to go with whatever Jacob gets, right, if he has a bad record. So I love the deal for both teams, especially this year. We'll see what happens with Aaron Jones next year. But for this year, great move for Austin. You couldn't get better than, than that move for Jacob. Then we get to our next trade, which was done tonight. And I have to be honest, I actually kicked the tires. I didn't text Nick. I didn't, because it's one of those things where you think about it, but you're probably not going to do it. You know, I have a really good team, and I'm like, do I believe I could win the championship? Maybe. I mean, we just saw that that I could have, I lost week one, scoring 180 if I had played, you know, if I had played Nick this week, right? Let's just say me and Nick met in the playoffs, and I scored 231. I would have lost to Nick, who had scored 250. That's insane. Look at the game Eric had, and he lost the third highest score. So in this league, we see, like most fantasy, but in this one, it's real top-heavy. You know, the first, the top six teams are really good to where, just like last year, you know, Brian came out, it, regardless of record, he was one of the highest-scoring teams, and he won. You know, I was 12-1, 12 in a row, and I was gone after that bye week in the second round. So I did kick the tires. Should I offer Dak Prescott to Nick for the first his first-round pick? It did go through my mind. I mean, I still have Matt Ryan. I still have Carson Wentz. Now, Dak's a free agent, so Nick might have said no, but Jalen Hurts is a free agent, but he only had to give up a third, which I think is better. I think in the long run, I would rather trade a third-round pick and get Jalen Hurts than trade a first-round pick and get Dak Prescott because Jalen Hurts is still going to put up great fantasy numbers. He'll have weeks better than Dak, right? He doesn't have the great run game that the, the Cowboys have, the great offensive line the Cowboys have, so he'll – and I don't think he has the defense the Cowboys have, which is feels very weird saying. But I do like the pick. Um, but, yeah, in the end, I was like, you know what? Nick made the deal before, but I was like, I'm not going to go down that road. If you got a shot, go for it regardless. You know what? I'm like, you know what? I the, to, You don't want to trade a guy and then watch Dak in the playoffs just go off when you're like, I could have won a championship. That's more important than a first-round pick that could end up being the 12th pick, you know, just like it was when I, I got Brian's first-round pick. He won the title. Eh, excuse me for a second. So those were two big trades. I liked them both. I liked Mario continuing to stockpile draft picks. You know, the, Mario is looking like Eric. He's starting at how Eric did last year. Uh, I think Eric started a little. I can't remember. You know, I can't remember everything. I, I don't write all this stuff down. But I feel like Eric waited a little bit and was in content, not in contention, but he wasn't 0-5. You know, he, he waited a bit before he started doing some of these trades to acquire picks, and he still had talented players, and he held on to some of them. He ended up trading Antonio Gibson eventually to Dino later on in the season. That was a, you know, I think he might have kept him had circumstances allowed if he did not have four years stuck on some of his players. That said, he acquired a bunch of picks, drafted a really good team, and we'll see how it pays out. And remember, a lot of those picks he can keep on contracts. Uh if he can find a way to wiggle his way out of uh, another bad contract with Juju. So, good job, Mario and Jacob. Great moves. I thought the moves really made a good team like Nick even better. And Austin's team. Austin's team, to me, when I look at the 4-1 record, let me go to his team. Right now he's 871 points. Okay, So he scored 871. He's given up 823. If you break down each division... The lowest scoring division in the league is Madden 22. That is one with Austin and Eric. Eric's got 865. He's right behind him. Christian's at 765, not even reached 800. He did have his first big win of the year. We'll see if he can keep it going at 3-2. And, 
and Steve is at the bottom at 8.05, and he's 1-4. So that's why when you look at this, you go, okay, Austin was 4-1. A couple of his wins were, you know, not 200-point victories. They weren't juggernaut wins like Dinos or Knicks. And I think this move really helped him to try to keep up with Eric's high-power offense. You know, he's got Taylor, and he's got Najee Harris, great running backs. Now you go, he's got Burrow, Mac Jones. Does he have another quarterback? Yeah, Russell Wilson got hurt. He needs Wilson to get back. That's a huge key for him. We go through his team. Yeah, he doesn't have, if you don't give him Aaron Jones, look at his Collins, Barber. Yeah, he doesn't have a lot of great running backs. So the fact that he was able to pull this deal off and jump the gun before anyone else made a move, I really love that. Now you go, let's even for now, you could take Mac Jones and Joe Burrow. Okay, decent. Now he better have a good team. Michael Pittman has shown that he can be a good wide receiver too with wide receiver one games. Schultz has been great for Dallas. Beasley and Meyer, I don't love. Let me go to his bench. Shepard, Galladay, two Giants. One of them, Shepard should come back. I think both of them are pretty good wide You put Shepard or Galladay with Pittman and even Jacoby Myers. They're, those are all wide receiver twos at worst, or at, at probably at best, but they can have big weeks. But with Taylor, Harris, and now you throw in Aaron Jones, now you slide Pittman into the receiver. So I'm okay with Pittman and Sterling Shepard or Pittman and Galladay to go with everything else. So I really think Austin's team took a step to where if he gets in the playoffs, oh, definitely, definitely his team can win. Definitely, I could see that happening. Eric's team suffers his second loss. We look at that, he's got Rodgers. He picked up Booker, which is nice. He's got Gaskins because he's got injuries. He's got Mostart out, probably out for the year. Juju, I don't know how long with his surgery. David Montgomery out for at least a few more weeks. So we're hoping they come back. But he has, if anything happens to Cook, he's got a running back one sitting on his bench with Madison. He's got A.J. Dillon who had a big game. The injuries have hurt Eric's. Like if we rated his team now, it would not be as high. It would not be an A. Was I thought it might have been an A because a couple teams were A minuses. I can't remember if he was even an A plus. Jefferson Hill and Aaron Rodgers with Tannehill always give him contention to beat anyone, right? He lost us last week, but come on, we all know why he scored two hundred. That doesn't happen a lot of times, hardly ever. His team is still, I would give it like a B plus right now. The injuries suck. But we'll see if, you know, there's still players to be had. You know, if he wants to make a move to try to dump Juju, when you know, with his bad contract and a draft pick and, and get, who knows, there's running backs available. He'll figure it out. Or he'll just ride it out and see what he can do. But I like Austin's moves. Nick was already the second highest scoring team right above his brother and literally three points behind me. Now, the highest scoring division is... NFL 2K22, we talked about Elijah. He had a 200-point game. The lowest-scoring team is 809. That's Brian, and he's 1-4. I think, yeah, that's the only division where every team is 800 points or more. So as we look at it, you look at Nick now, and you look, he's got Lamar Jackson, who just had a freakish game. Kirk Cousins has been solid. We'll see if he does make that trade. We see Nick's, obviously, I don't know if he is anymore now that he made that, that Brady deal is probably off the table. But he's got Lamar Jackson, Kirk Cousins, or he's got Lamar Jackson and can throw in Jalen Hurts. He got to keep Cousins, which was huge. In the other deal, he lost Cousins with Brady. So now he's got three strong quarterbacks. He lost Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, which sucks. But he's got Tyler Boyd, Adam Thielen, Damian Harris. Yeah, getting Jalen Hurts really helped because Mike Williams, turns out he's the real deal. I didn't, you know, I, I need to see it several games. And now he's done it four out of five. He's the real deal. He's not going to stop throwing towards him. And as long as Keenan Allen's on the other side, he's not going to draw too many double teams. Darren Waller, I think, will only get better. Let's see if that offense changes now that Gruden's gone. I doubt it. But yeah, Zeke Elliott, even losing. Leonard Fournette has been playing great. So I know I kind of I was going to go over matchups, but the trades, the significance of it, it could really push Nick uh, to the front of the division. He can jump once he gets more points if he outscores my team. So, yeah, and having Barkley out does not help me at all. Where now I'm relying on Tony Pollard, a guy that I did not plan on playing unless there was an injury, which there was. Like we talked about with Eric, injuries suck, but that's part of fantasy. So, 
Week six. Man, week six. Uh, it just feels like, you know, the that the podcast, what are we on, episode 12 or 13? It just feels like it's just going so fast. So we'll talk about my game and Matt's tomorrow. That's a really big one. Four and one, three and two. Matt, up till last week, was always outscoring me. And then finally I had a bigger week to pass him. But that impact, I think the impact on the season is bigger. A big victory for Matt puts him at four and two, brings me down to four and two. And that that is bigger than than just the win-loss. You know, and I, I don't think our game is going to be as high scoring as we might have if it was week two or three, where everyone was healthy and there was no bye weeks. There's bye weeks now. I have multiple guys on bye weeks and injuries. So as as well as I think Matt does. So we'll cover that game. We will do Mario and Steve as well tomorrow, and we will do Christian and Oh, no, no, no. We'll do Christian today. We'll do Elijah and Jacob tomorrow. So let's hit up Dino, and we'll hit up Nick's, and we'll hit up Christian's game. First, starting with Nick against... There's so many good games this week. I know last week we had some really good ones. I mean, I guess it just worked out where it's perfect. Let's start with Nick against Austin. Right away, you've got 4-1 Nick against 4-1 Austin. They can... This game... Point-wise, it's projected to be barely, what is it, 0.8, 0 .80 or so uh, advantage for Nick. Less than a point, 175 each. Let's break it down, excuse me, by position and see. Lamar Jackson or Mac Jones, Lamar Jackson. He's playing the Chargers. I don't know what to expect. The Chargers and Cowboys played that great defensive game. And then the, Rave, or then the Chargers play the Browns, and it is one of the highest scoring games I've ever seen. Crazy shootout. Lamar Jackson, Mac Jones. Mac Jones plays the Cowboys, who have given up some fantasy points. You know, Sam Darnold had a pretty good game against them. Jalen Hurts wasn't a bad game, but the Cowboys' defense still forces sacks. They force turnovers, and they, on football terms, they're playing great. Fantasy-wise, you can still get your numbers on them, but I'm taking Lamar Jackson by more than just a seven-point advantage. I think he outscores them by 15 or so. Elliott and Fournette against not... Uh, Najee Harris and Jonathan Taylor. Taylor's going against Houston. Now, Houston's defense has been ranked, has been performing better against the run this year than they had the last few years. That said, Taylor has had two great games in a row. He's finally getting warmed up. The Colts are getting him properly. He does feast on bad defenses and, and does mediocre against good defenses. But I think they're, the Colts are going to get the lead and they're going to want to keep pounding it. I like Austin's running backs more this week. If I can have both, Zeke against New England or Fournette against Philly. Or you give me Jonathan Taylor or Najee Harris. Najee, Najee Harris is a top five back. I think he's fourth. Yeah, he's fourth overall. So, he, and that's what it is, is that coming into fantasy, a lot of the experts, they love Najee, but they said that offensive line's so bad, he's not going to do well. Well, the biggest thing, like Matthew Berry says, is that he's going to get massive volume. You are bound to break a few, catch a few, get a touchdown. You're, the more opportunities, it's just like playing you know, 5,000 lottery slips compared to 10 lottery slips. Obviously, you have a better chance, and you can get more done even if it takes more attempts, and that's the beauty of Najee Harris in that Steelers offense. He gets way more, as well as Jonathan Taylor, way more attempts than a lot of other running backs would on a bad offensive line. This isn't a running back that gets seven carries and splits time with another back. You know, this is in the Raiders where they go, okay, Barber or Drake and Jacobs, and they're all getting 10 to 8 carries, and the offensive line's not playing great. It's nothing like that. So I am definitely going with Austin's running backs. I like Knicks. I don't love the matchup for Zeke because New England usually has been playing really well, but I still think uh, Austin's running backs will perform better than Knicks. Wide receivers, this is on paper and on just my opinion. If Mike Williams plays, you got Mike Evans, Mike Williams, the Mike boys are going to destroy Jacoby Myers and Cole Beasley. Now watch Beasley, who has not done nothing the last few games, go for 20 against Tennessee on Monday Night Football. I don't know if that'll happen, but yeah, if Austin's going to need that. Austin's going to need the 15 and 14 they are projected. That would give them almost 30, you know, 29 to next 33 or so. I would still think, I, I don't think that's going to happen. If Austin can get that, his running back edge will help him 
stay competitive in this game and keep it closer. But if Williams and Evans go off and have their 25, 30-point games each, it's going to be that could be the, the whole difference right there in the game. Schultz, Waller, I don't, you know, Waller's not 100%. Schultz has been playing so well. But, yeah, I'm just, based on namesake, I'm going Waller. You know, Waller, but if Schultz outscored him, I wouldn't be shocked. Waller's had several games this year, only eight points last week and 10 against Miami, 11. I mean, other than week one where he dominated and then uh, week four he had 16 points, he's not been like this unstoppable machine. He still gets volume, but not great ones. And Schultz, since week three, 26, 17, 13. He's outscored Waller since week three. So I'm still going Waller. I would rather have Waller, but if Schultz outscores him, I would not be shocked. Pittman and DJ Moore, I'm more against Houston. I mean, Pittman against Houston. Mm, I'm going to say Wash. Excuse me, I'm sorry. DJ Moore did not have a great game, but he didn't have a bad game, right? He had that dominating game against Dallas. He was not bad last week. So I'll say Wash. Oh, yeah, and I forgot. Pittman might actually go in and take whoever he wants to pull out. I don't know what receiver. And now we're looking at DJ Moore or Aaron Jones. Hmm, DJ Moore or Aaron Jones. Moore has the bigger potential to go off and go crazy. Let's see, who are they playing? At home against Minnesota. Minnesota has not been great at stopping receivers. Higgins, I think, week one. Jamar Chase, I know. They, they had players go off on them. Metcalf had a good game against Minnesota. I'm going to say Moore has a good game, but I like Aaron Jones' opportunity better, Green Bay, for this week. So I would take, if if Aaron Jones has slid there and Pittman's in the receiver, I would take Aaron Jones. If We'll see what he does, but most likely, yeah. Most likely I would give the edge to Austin on that. The other quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts or Cousins, I'm going to guess you traded for Hurts to use them, right? Burrow at Detroit. Detroit. Man, they seem to play well at home against quarterbacks. So I'm not going to say Burrow's going to go light the world on fire as opposed to what Jalen Hurts might do. Who would I rather have this week? Burrow's the safer play, but Hurts has been still a running quarterback. Man, what he can do on his legs and the extra points he gets, I'm going to go Hurts. Even though Burrow might still get you 20, I'm going to go Jalen Hurts this week for Nick. Defenses, uh, Bucks against Philly. Oh, yeah, he's got to play that. The Bucks are good, but see Jalen Hurts. I bet he throws a lot. You know, I, I obviously duh, he's a quarterback. But I'm saying I think he can get some guys open. The Bucks passing defense has been terrible. So look for Hurts. I mean, the biggest game of the year for Prescott and Jalen Hurts is by no means Prescott. But the biggest year was against Tampa and that bad pass defense. So don't look for a lot of Sanders carries. Maybe some receptions. I'm hoping Gainwell receptions. I might play him still. I don't know. And Kendricks and Leonard. I'm going to say push. Leonard has had a couple good games, but then he's had some stinkers, while Kendrick's been consistently better throughout the year. Overall, looking at both teams, I like the fact that he got Aaron Jones. But Nick's receivers and the fact that he got Jalen Hurts, I'm going to go Nick in a close game. I'm going to go Nick goes to 5-1 and one with a like 195 to 180 game or something like that, a 15-point lead, but Austin's team still showing out and balling out. Next game we get to Dynamite. How much time's left? I talk so much at the beginning about the Oh, we got plenty of time. Next game, Dynamite at 3-2 and two against Eric at 3-2, and two, both coming off losses. We talked about how last week was a big week because all these 3-1 and one teams would fight each other. Now you got 3-2 and two teams. So it's almost like, one of the loser of this game might get down in the dumps, right? They might be like, "Man, I'm three and three. I was three and one. I was so close to being five. Eric, especially, was that close to being four and one. I mean, I know he lost by fifty, but come on, he he beats ten out of twelve teams this week. So it's like he was that close to being four and one. He feels like he should be up there. Then you can afford. I lose a game at four and one. I'm okay with it. You're four and two. You're still looking good." Losing a game when you're three and two, now you're three and three. You know what if Christian goes on to win, and now you're tied with Christian when you probably outscored him by 200 points. It can get at times frustrating. You don't pick the push the panic button, but sometimes you push the desperate button, and you might see trades. 
You might see Eric look for a running back. You might see Dino look for anything. You know, maybe a, a higher, if, if Sam Darnold has another bad game, does he go after a big-name quarterback? We don't know. We'll see. But the loser of this game, by no means, not that they think they are, are is out of it. Remember, that's six. There's still nine games to go. Wait, wait, it's 14 games? So that's six. No. Eight games to go. I kept thinking there was 15 for some reason because the, that's the week the playoffs start. So 15, week 15 is the playoff start. So there's still eight games to go. You can run the table, and both these teams are capable of doing it. Don't even say they can't. They're two of the higher-scoring teams. Uh, Eric's team has played better than its record. Dino, I think, has played better than his record, scoring 183, I think, last week. So, <sighs> stinking hairs up here. To, to get to 4-2 is a gigantic emotional upheave after losing last week. It's what they both want. Both these teams, I still think, based on ratings, are going to make the playoffs. You know, one of them could be 9-5. and five. One could be 10-4. and four. I mean, if you're 10-4, and four, think about it. You're, right now, the, lose, the winner of this game is going to be 4-2. and two. If you finish 10-4, and four, you're still going to lose two more times. Win, who knows? That's the best part about it is it's not like real football. Like I've always said, I, well, I don't always talk about it, but obviously with fantasy football, you can be 0-4 like Brian has in the past and then finish 7-6. and six. And the reason you're able to turn, turn it around is the reason you're 0-4, look at Nick, I mean, look at Eric last week, instead of being 4-2, and two, or 4-1, and one, he's 3-2, and two, it's because he played a fantasy team that went off, even if it's not better. You know, even look at Elijah. He beat me week one. I scored 180-something, and I lost week one to Elijah. I've outscored him every week after that. So that does not mean Elijah's team was better. It means I'm Derrick Henry and Barkley had god-awful games, and Elijah's two quarterbacks went off and had a great week, and he beat me, and that's just how it is. That's the way it goes. And that's why, but then I haven't lost since. So, and and same with Nick. You know, he, he lost a close game. He could have easily beat me. It was a very close game. And then he hasn't lost since or before that game. So, as you look at it, you see that the records, we've seen teams go 3-0 and lose eight straight because that 3-0 was smoke and mirrors. You've seen teams go 0-4 and be really good. And then, in the end, you're going to, it's going to catch up with you. I mean, I've seen leagues where, Guys have finished six and seven, and they were the number two scoring team. Where you're like, man, everything like, of those seven losses, like five should have been victories. So I'm not saying that, but I really think both these teams will make playoffs. I know I've stretched it a little too long. I should be talking about the breakdowns, but I'm just saying it's disappointing when, just like Austin and Nick, I do think Nick's team is better, but I think Austin's team is championship caliber, especially with that trade before the trade for Aaron Jones. I thought Austin's team could be some smoke and mirrors, right? But you could still get in the playoffs like that. I thought Austin's year, the first year he won the championship, his team was, remember, win, win two in a row, lose three in a row. Win two in a row, it was back and forth, and his team never looked dominant or consistent. Then he made the trade for Todd Gurley right at the trade deadline, and Todd Gurley helped carry him to the championship. You know, he won a division with a like a 7-6 and six record, and then, bam, he took off. Todd Gurley took off, carried him to the finals, and he won. That was year Jacob was the best team by far. So Austin could have got in and still did that with the players he had, but with his receiving core and just the fact that now Aaron Jones can be put, he now he has three really good running backs that can be popped in the flex, and you don't have to have three or four dominating receivers. Just give him Pittman and someone else to have a good week, Pittman and, and Shepard or Galladay, and man, those running backs and quarterbacks when Wilson gets back, he, Austin, I could see him winning the championship. Right now, this week, I still think Nick's team is better. But all that matters is who's better once week 15 comes along. So, anyways, back to Dino and Eric. It's a shame, like I said, if Nick loses and he drops to 4-2, and two, Austin's 5-1, and one, you got to give him his team credit and respect. But I still don't think his team's going to be, at the end of the season, 13-1. and one. I could see Nick's team doing that. So, Dino, Dan, and Eric, both coming off losses. Maybe we'll get a tie. Who knows? Sam Darnold, Aaron Rodgers. Darnold has a pretty good matchup at home. He has played really well at home. Aaron Rodgers at Chicago. He's historically not played great there from what I remember. But the Bears defense, I don't know. They played pretty well last week against the Raiders. But that's just the Raiders are just, 
I don't know what that team was. I watched some of that game. I'm like, this is not the team the first three weeks. I don't know. They, they are terrible. They were god-awful. And so I don't know. I think the Raiders are just malfunctioning more than the Bears' defense was good. I think Rodgers has a good game. I would actually like Sam Do- If I had a choice, Rodgers at the Bears. Man, let me look. What did Rodgers do last week? I know it was overtime. 30 points, 26 against the Steelers, 21 against San Fran, 29 against Detroit. Yeah, pretty good. Let's see Sam Darnold. I'm sorry if this is boring. Uh, 20 against the Jets, 27, 31, 42, then back down to earth week 10, or last week with 10. I don't think he'll do that against Minnesota's defense, which has not been great against quarterbacks. Um, shoot, I'm wasting time. I can't come up with who I'd... I'll go Rodgers, just in the fact that it's Aaron Rodgers, right? Division rivalry. You know, it's it's a it's an early game, 10 a.m., so it's not like a prime time where it might be really chilly at night. Sam Darnold, he's at home. He was at home against Philly last week. The Vikings' defense is not as good. I think this game will be a shootout back and forth. Panthers' defense is better than the Vikings. So maybe the final of that one will be 31-24 or something, and the, the Panthers will have a double-digit lead, and then the Vikings will come back late with garbage time. But I think Darnold will have a good game, especially if McCaffrey, if McCaffrey comes back Oh, my gosh, this is driving me nuts. All right, I've wasted way too long on it. I'll just take Rodgers. I think both go for over 20, though. I'm okay. I think Darnold has a good game, especially if McCaffrey comes back. Gaskins is in his lineup. You cannot bench him after last week unless he's playing a, you know, an insanely good defense. But Gaskins had such a good receiving game. Tua is supposed to be back. I think at Jacksonville, it's actually technically at London. But I think Gaskins has a good game against the Jags. I think Booker... I didn't put in a bid for him because I just his yards per carry is god awful, but I think he can fall in the end zone. He had I didn't he have two touchdowns? I think he had two touchdowns last week. The goal line one was right up on the line. So if they can do something like that, the Rams run defense has not been great. So if Booker can fall in the end zone and get ten carries and five receptions, I think Booker can go get you fifteen to twenty. But Nick Chubb and Gibson, Dynamite with his newly acquired toy. Chubb at home against Arizona and Gibson against Kansas City where they're going to you know, probably be in a shootout. Gibson can get some receiving work. I would prefer Chubb and Gibson this week. Who's Eric Sever the running back? Is he in the flex? How is he? Madison, let's see. Oh, he's hurt. I know he's lost Montgomery. Juju's out. His running back he's got. Maybe if Cook takes off another week, I doubt it. If Cook plays, oh, man, then you got Chubb, Gibson. Who's Dino Bench? I mean, he that that's maybe Henneke. Who knows? I mean, if, if Cook plays, how do you leave Dalvin Cook on the bench? I don't know. That, Dino's stuck. And see, that was what we talked about with Nick and Dino's team and Eric before the injuries is the, the depth to where if you get an injury, you go, okay, plug and play the next guy. Or if no one's injured, like for Dino now, they're all questionable. But for the most part, Chubb, Gibson, you're not going to bench Amari Cooper or Cooper Cup. You can't bench Hollywood Brown. Then you go, oh, man, he's thank goodness Cordell Patterson's on a bye, and then he's got Dalvin Cook, Chase Edmonds. He's got so many weapons. You're like, you can't take it with you. You can't play your bench, Dino. <laughs> so who knows? Maybe he packages a few of these guys and makes a deal late in the season for a, a different player, maybe a top quarterback, something it, um, down the line. But right now he's got a very good problem that is too much good stuff. He is A and PM right now. Dino Dan is too much good stuff. Maybe not too much. Uh, no, I'm going to say great. He, I mean, Amari Cooper, Cooper Cup, Knox, Hollywood Brown, Gibson Chubb, Darnold even. Yeah, that's too much good stuff. So let's get back to the comparison. I like Dino's running backs more. Wide receivers, I like Hollywood Brown to have a good game against the, the Chargers, You know, even though their secondary is really good. Cooper Cup, I mean, the, how could you, you can't go against Cooper Cup? Especially in the, I think the last time he played the Giants, was it him or Robert Woods? Maybe they both did. I thought they lit up the Giants. Jefferson, but Jefferson and Hill, I'm going Jefferson and Hill. Uh, every week, I'm going to go Jefferson and Hill for the most part. They're just too much potential for 35 to 45-point games. We saw what Brown did. I still think Brown is the top receiver in Baltimore. I can't believe I kept wanting to say Jacksonville. In Baltimore, that said... 
the Chargers defense is good. They have a good corner, good safety. So if they can try to take out the deep threat and say, hey, Lamar, we're going to you know, shadow you and not, not let you be. Maybe it's another big Mark Andrews games. You know, that's the best thing Eric could hope for, a big Mark Andrews game. But I think Hollywood Brown is solid. He's had a great game every year other than the one he dropped, two deep balls. If not, he'd be perfect. You know, wouldn't he? What is he? Like Nick said, wide receiver six. That's not week two, and it's just lucky. That is five weeks in. He is wide receiver six. That is amazing. That is what they drafted him for, and that's what I thought he would be, even his rookie year. I was like, they don't have anything. So, But he, he was slightly injured, and now you're seeing how good he can be when he is healthy, and they are actually giving him targets. Hill against Washington, who's been getting torched, and Jefferson against Carolina. Carolina's doing well, but I still like Jefferson. Yeah, I'll take – if you told me right now who would I want, I'll take Hill and Jefferson. But they're both so good, so good that it's almost at the point it's a push. I, I don't think – unless Tyreek Hill goes for like a 50-point game, I don't think the deciding factor in this series – in this matchup will be the four receivers. I think it's going to come down to tight end because Kyle Pitts is on a bye week. I'm suffering that in my dynasty league I was telling you about. I have Pitts as well with Eric. I was so excited when he finally got his first touchdown. And like I said, I said, hey, I said the opposite, and he did it. And he had this career game, breakout game finally. But that's a huge blow to Eric. You know, he's got Conklin. Hopefully he'll do something. He's had a few good games for Minnesota, right? He's got two Vikings in there now. Let's see. Week, week three, a big one against Seattle, 20 points. So we'll see if he can do anything against Carolina. If Conklin has a huge game, maybe that pulls away from Jefferson, right? So that could be something Dino's looking for. But I like Eric's receivers more, but I still, it's it's like 52 to 48. I like Eric's receivers 52% to 48. It's not a push, but it's so close to being that. Knox, Conklin, I'm going Knox. I will not go against him. I know you can't catch a touchdown every game because I don't think it's ever been done, but why not? Why not? Until it stops, ride it. I'm going to keep going it. I'll take Knox over Conklin. In the flex, we got Higgins and Cooper. New England, I think the last time Cooper played New England, I think he, wasn't that the game? Maybe that was Philly. It was the first time in his career or something where he was held without a catch. He came back, Higgins came back last week, had five catches, 32 yards. 70% 70% of the game played, 10 points. Look for him to have a bigger impact. I know they got Jamar Chase and Boyd, but I still like Higgins to have maybe a touchdown this week. That said, let's see. I got to check real quick. I know this takes time, blah, blah, blah. Let's see. Did he play at New England last year? Is there any game? I don't see New England there. Let's check 2019. Come on. There we go. New England in 2019. Now, obviously, that was two years ago. Stephon Gilmore's not there anymore. Gilmore covered him. That is a while back. But he had two targets, no receptions. He finished with 1.50 points, and that was on a tackle. So he only got a point for a tackle. I know that because I had him. That's why I remembered when I saw he was playing at New England. I said, oh, boy. But this is a different Cowboy team. That is a different Patriot team. And there's no real shutdown corner there. I like Cooper. I think Higgins still, because Belichick is such a genius, I think Higgins has a better chance to go for his projection of nearly 15, while Cooper could land in the 8 number. Watch him go off for 50 now. But that is a possibility. So who would I want to have this week? I'd take Higgins at Detroit. I'd take Higgins in case Detroit, their secondary is not great. Um, So, yeah, I'll take Higgins. Tannehill, I'm going Tannehill over Henneke. Henneke has played well when the matchup is good. Remember his game against Atlanta? Kansas City, we just all got torched. He is no Josh Allen, but excuse me. He is no Josh Allen, but he could still put up, especially if they fall behind, garbage points. Fantasy gold, garbage points. I still like Tannehill, even though Buffalo's defense is really well. With A.J. Brown back and Julio Jones maybe coming back, get some Derrick Henry going, make Buffalo have to commit to stopping him and then watch Tannehill light their butts up. Hmm. I wonder if they... Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking right now, I'm like, should I? Would I want to... If I own both quarterbacks on my roster, would I play Henneke for the matchup? No. I would play Tannehill because it's prime time, and I want my guy there on Monday night. And secondly, I still think they're going to have to score, and I think I think Tannehill can get it done. He's had experience playing up there, so it's nothing new to him. 
and defenses and players. You know, I'm going to go with Wilson. I like both, but Wilson has been amazing for Cincinnati. I think he had his worst game last week, right, of the season. Yeah, only six tackles. He had 37-21 and came back down to earth to six. Detroit does like to get involved with DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams, which means running backs getting involved is great for linebacker tackles. So we'll see if that helps. I'm not going to say what defenses are better. Washington offense, we'll see. That could be a big swing right there. If the Chiefs do shut down Henneke and Washington, then that means Eric's Chiefs might get 25, 30 points, while Washington's quarterback for Dino Dan might get 12 points or less. You know, And that would be gigantic. That could be a big point swing and help even make up the gap if Eric, um, Dino's running backs do perform as well as I expect them to. So breaking it all the way down, going piece by piece, I think Eric's team has tougher matchups, and I think the lack of having Kyle Pitts, the lack of having a David Montgomery, you know, if Madison gets the start, right, that, that could be a big swing. If Madison gets a start and you maybe pop Madison in for Higgins or you pop Madison in for, for Booker, I think Booker is good for double digits, but I would rather have Madison as a starter than to have Booker. If you see that, that that might swing the game. Right now, as of now, it's 176 to 164 for Dino Dan. I think both break 170 to 190. Um, yeah, I, I just want to lean towards Dino on this because I think Darnold bounces back. I still think everything, like, like I said, his running backs will play better. His running backs... We have to see it from Gaskin again. Remember, Gaskin hasn't done it. He had 30. He had a great one. Terrible against the Colts. Not great against Vegas. Nothing really against Buffalo. So, you know, he had a really big game against Tampa Bay. The one week I thought, if you own a Gaskins, you don't want to play that guy. And Eric Wisely didn't. I wouldn't against Tampa. Their teams really don't even try to run. And then he gets it all in the receiving game. So it's like, well, where was that? Where has that been all year? Are they now going to say, hey, that worked really well. Let's stick with that against Jacksonville. He'll get more carries now because Jacksonville's not great against the run. So I like Gaskins. If Madison gets the start, I really think that could swing things to where possibly Eric wins a close game. Because I like Eric's receivers more, but as I said earlier, Brown and Cup can more than hold their own with Jefferson and Hill. Right they, At the end, the receivers can play non-factors non is that they both combine for 50 each. Right, Let's say Hill and Jefferson, 50 combined. Brown and Cup combined for 50. I wouldn't be shocked at that. Now it comes down to the running backs. Now it comes down to the tight end, and Dino has the advantage there. That's why I think the key factors here is, will Dalvin Cook play? If Dalvin Cook starts, I think Dino Dan's team might win this. If Madison starts and the Chiefs shut down Washington, I think Eric's team wins this. But standing as it is right now, looking at it, I would think going through all of this pieces, I just feel like with Amari Cooper, Knox, Cup, Brown, Gibson, Chubb, I feel like those guys have a better chance to score more points than Gaskins, Booker, Hill, Jefferson, Conklin, Higgins, Tannehill. You know, out of all those, Hill, Jefferson, Tannehill, I feel safe. Gaskins, possibly, he's got to do it more than just one game as opposed to Chubb, Gibson, Brown, Cup, Knox, Cooper, even with Henneke in there. Uh, all of them other than uh, Henneke. It might be Heineke. I can't remember. I've heard the guy's name on Thursday night. Anyways, I feel like Dino Dan. This is a victory for Dino. As of now, I'm projecting a Dino Dan victory in a close game. There are pieces that can change. It's all in Dalvin Cook. It's all in the Chiefs' defense. Those can change everything. If Madison gets a start... I think it could be anyone's game. Then it's a push. If Madison doesn't, Eric's going to need some big games. He can't have Tyreek Hill go for 16. He's going to need Tyreek, Jefferson, Booker to get double digits, and Gaskins to have a nice 18 to 25-point game. That is my projection there. I think it's a good game. I think Dino caught Eric on a good week. Eric drops to 3-2 three and two, or 3-3. Three and three. Don't sweat it. I think that's just, you know, he's not playing 0-5 uh, Mario. And that's actually a good thing. You know, I know it's never good. I'm playing Matt. I would rather lose this week to Matt as, you know, we're not going to go over my game today, but I got 
as we go through it. I got Matt Ryan on a bye who just came off his best game, but another 30-point game. Trey Lance, as soon as he gets warmed up, he gets out of the car. He's on a bye. Alvin Kamara on a bye. Barkley injured. So that's four huge pieces that, that could possibly help me. They're all gone. So now I have to rely on Tony Pollard and Carson Wentz, who had a great game. Can he do it again? We'll see. But that's what I'm saying. I'd rather lose, get get four or five guys out, on three or four guys on a bye now, and lose to a good team. Because it's not, there's these don't count as tiebreakers. It's all about points. If you're going to lose, lose to a good team. You don't want to lose. I don't want to lose to Mario at 0-5. I don't want to lose to the one in four teams because my guys are on a bye. Because now you're like, man, you would not have beat me any other week. And that's a huge uh, momentum swing and emotional, dang it, that sucks, emotional feeling like that. So the loser of that game is still totally in it. They're going to lose to a very good team as well as Austin and Nick. The loser of that is losing to a very good team. And I love this week for these games. All right, the final game we will get to is, let's see, I don't even know, Jacob does listen to the podcast, does he really want to hear his team against Elijah? Yeah, I'll, oh no, no, we were going to talk about Christian, there we go, and I'm writing this down so I do not forget for tomorrow, Matt, I do not want to mess this up, we'll talk about our game tomorrow, Matt, let me get, wait, what's the time, it's almost midnight, 46 minutes, let me talk quick, because like I said, oh no, this is not Elijah's team, here we go, Brian, the heart of Dixie against bench warmers. I'm assuming that's because he had some guys bench warmers or he really loves uh, the guy. Who, who is that guy's name? His name escapes me right now. You can do it. What is his name? Rob Schneider and Josh Hader. I think it's Josh Hader from Napoleon Dynamite, the movie. I never saw that movie. Never seen it. I just know the guys who are in it. There's someone else in it too. I can't remember because there's three of them. So anyways, bench warmers against the heart of Dixie. Brian coming off his first victory. If right now he's favored by only nine points, but if he comes off with this win, that would be devastating for the emotion, emotional toll on Christian, the fact that he's won three straight after starting 0-2. A couple of the games were low scoring, and we were like, hey, Christian's team needs to step up and score a lot because you, you can only go 140, 125, whatever it is, and get victories for so long before it catches up with you. A victory is a victory, and at the end, you know, an out is an out in baseball, whether it's a soft line dribbler, or I mean, I'm sorry, a hit is a hit, right? It might be a little dribbler and the guy missed it, couldn't get over in time, or it can be a smoke and line drive. On the box score, it hits a hit, and so a win's a win. So to be 3-2, and two, anyone who's below that would be more than excited to take it, regardless of the score. So I don't mean it by that way, but I'm saying just emotionally, Christian needed to score over 180, and he got a 197 victory over... At the time, the top team in the league has since then been passed by two teams in scoring and his record dropped. But I still put Matt up in the upper echelon. His team has looked great. So that's a huge victory for Christian. You don't want to follow that up with a loss to Brian's team, who is 1-4, right? And not, if you look at it, he's not one of the top, I'm not going to count all of it, but he's the fourth highest scoring team in his own division, right? So 4, 5, 6, now here I am counting. Or 3, 4, 5. Six, seven. Seven teams have scored more than Brian, so he's in the middle of the pack, and he's only five points ahead of Steve and his Bishop Sycamore. So he's not some he's not going against the juggernaut of a scoring team. Brian could easily be two and three, right? He had a couple games that he could have lost, one and he lost. Christian, though, is seven sixty-five. The only reason, let me check right now. Every team that has seven hundred points or less. Mario, seven ninety-six. Okay? But he get, he's got the teams he's gone against have scored 884. So he's obviously in the negative, but 796, 0-5. Jacob is 1-4 at 691. Brian is 809 at 1-4. Okay, so Christian has scored 765. Everyone, there's only one other team that scored 700, two of them. And they're 0-5 and 1-4. And and Everyone else scored is 800 or more. Elijah's 837, and he's 3-2. and two. Christian's 765, almost 100 points more, and Christian is the same record. So when we say that, that's why, you know, he finally came up with a big game, and he could follow that up. Two is coming back. Like I said, it's it's just that Christian doesn't want to come out now, and even though Brian's record doesn't look the same, his scoring is better than Christian's. 
Can he get it done? Let's check piece by piece matchup. As Christian has proven right now, um, that you can be low scoring and still get some victories. I mean, to have 700 points and the other two guys who are 700 or less combine for one and nine, that says a lot. You know, that says a lot. Quarterbacks, Brissett. Well, you see, and here's another thing. Brian is favored, but Christian, Chuba Hubbard is only two points, right? He might not play, so Brian would pull him out. But Brissett is at zero because Tua might is supposed to come back, right? So that's at zero. So if you give Tua and then project 18 points, Christian is favored to win this game, which would be emotionally or mentally big going into the game. Let's say Tua's in. Tua, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, they will go heads up. Okay, Jacksonville's defense doesn't scare anyone. I would say push because I, I would rather have Lawrence as my quarterback. You know, I think he's got the size. He's got the running mobility. He's got the – he's everything like, you know, the next Peyton Manning but more agile. And he's got 31 points week one and 25. When he plays a 15 or worse – top 15 or worse defense, like the lower half, he is 30 combined for 56 points. When he plays a good defense – He's combined for like 40 points, right, in three games. So a, a 10, a 9. So he's playing a, a defense that starting this year was supposed to be really good. So it's surprising. But I think two, I think they can both go back and forth. I still think I would say push. I would say Lawrence has the overall advantage or might have the slight edge because of his rushing ability, even though he hasn't used it as much. But Tua, I think, can, can match Lawrence with that offense. And I like Dolphins' defense more regardless coming into this season, and they will be in London. Running backs, Latavius Murray and DeAndre Swift against Austin Eckler and Damian Williams. Wait, is that Daryl? Daryl Williams, there we go. They're all the – D. Will. I'm going to take Eckler and Will just in the fact that Clyde Edwards-Zelaire is gone. Daryl Williams now is looking at 15 or so touches at least. I think he's good for 15. If he falls in the end zone, he could even get 20 with that Chiefs offense. Austin Eckler, man, he really carried it last week for, for Christian. 31 points, right? And that's what we said, 23, 23. He had 35 two weeks ago, 31. So when Christian got on this win streak, it was because we said Eckler has to have 30 and his other running back just get him 10 or 15. Last week, wasn't it Carter? Yeah, Carter got him, I think, 10 or 15. That's it because now they combined for nearly almost 50, and that is huge. That is huge when you're – when you don't, when you started the season 0 and 2, and your running backs weren't looking good, so that has been gigantic. Murray or Swift or Eckler, I'm taking Christians for sure on this one, for sure. If Clyde Edwards-Helaire is there, I don't know what Christian does because Carter's on a bye. Calvin Ridley was out last week, but he's on a bye. He doesn't really. He'd have to look for another running back to try to pop in there off the, the waiver wire. So great, great, perfect timing for Christian this week, and that's what it is. Sometimes it is fantasy. Get the right timing. You know, get a guy who's injured. Give me a guy he picked up for set. Give me just a couple weeks, and then my guy comes back. Or give me uh, a few weeks, and then when Eckler comes off his bye and Michael Carter is off it, done with his bye week, if they stay healthy, bam, I'll ride them the rest of the year. And I don't need Daryl Williams to play all year. Just get me through this tough time. And that's what Daryl Williams can do. I like his. I think Swift has a really big game against Cincinnati, but I still like Eckler and Williams more. Wide receivers, McLaurin or Devonta Smith or Hopkins and Chase. Oh, man. I'm going with, if Hopkins plays, I'm going with Hopkins and Chase. I'm not doubting Chase. He's a top, he's a wide receiver one. Number eight, man, coming into to where they were saying he couldn't catch a ball and everyone was worried about him, and now the guy's just 33 points last week. What a gigantic, I mean, every game has been a good game, right? 25, week one, breakout. Then 13 with a touchdown. 23 against Pittsburgh with a touchdown. Jacksonville's the one week he doesn't score when you think he would. Still a good week, 13, and now 33 last week with over 150 yards. Great game. I'm going Chase and Hopkins. I think McLaurin in that game is going to need to score, right? It could be a shootout. We saw what he did against Atlanta. We saw what he did against the Giants. They're going to need that. He can't go for eight like they did last week against New Orleans. If they can just get him the ball, I think he's good for 20. Devonta Smith against Tampa Bay. We talked about how bad that secondary is. I think he goes for 20. So I think if Hopkins plays, hmm, he has not played great this year. I'm going to say push because I want, if, out of, honestly, honestly, out of all four receivers, 
I think Chase could have the biggest game at Detroit. Even though they got Higgins and Boyd, I still think Burrow and him have such great chemistry, and it's worked every week. I'm going to say Chase is who I want the most, but I like with the health of Hopkins still in question and the Cardinals finding other ways to move the ball, I could see McLaurin and Smith combining for more than Hopkins and Chase, but Chase outscoring all four. So I'll say push. I'll say push. Ertz and Kelsey. Now the great news is Ertz is the only guy. Goddard is out on COVID. So this might be closer than you would have thought three weeks ago. And Kelsey, the Washington has been good against tight ends. He had six points, 17 points. Back-to-back weeks of not outstanding. 17 points is not bad. But when I get Kelsey and I draft him where I do, I want him to be getting me 25 points almost every week. So I would prefer Kelsey this week, even with the matchup. But Zach Ertz, man, Zach Ertz can go for 15 or 20 against that Bucks defense. Yeah, Kelsey, but Ertz will keep it close. This is not bad. Sander, Chuba Hubbard, if CMC is out, Chuba Hubbard, mark him down. He's going to get you another 20 points. He's going to be another top running back. I will take him over Sanders. I think this is a Diggs week after Diggs has had it two games in a row. where He had a, actually had a really good game, but he needs to get multiple touchdowns, and I think he does this week on Monday Night Football. So Sanders, maybe the defense focuses on him a little more. But if Chuba Hubbard doesn't start, who would Brian pop in? Maybe Noah Fant, maybe Henry Ruggs. I like both those guys this week. But I still would take Sand. If Hubbard starts, I'm going Hubbard over Sanders. If, if, if he pops in any of the other two guys, I'm going, hmm, shoot. Maybe Ruggs. I don't, no, I would take Sanders over Ruggs. I think Sanders with that high-powered offense. Bridgewater, Miko Hardman, he's going that because he's got no other quarterback. We'll see because he's got Fitzpatrick injured. Two of them supposed to come back. We'll see if he grabs any, if any quarterbacks are open or if he makes a trade. If not, Mikko Hartman or Bridgewater. I'm going Bridgewater against Vegas. I think he does good enough. Hartman can have an okay game, but not enough, I think, to overcome Bridgewater. That's the one thing where Brian needs. He needs Bridgewater to go for 25-30 and then hope Hartman gets 10 points. Right? That's a gigantic swing to help make up with possible running back advantage for uh, Christian. Because so far it's been kind of a push on a lot of things. Receivers, push, quarterback, push, tight end, Kelsey. But Ertz still is good. Sanders, I would take the advantage. Bridgewater, definitely. Then Vikings D against Carolina or Dolphins D against Jacksonville. I Oh, man, I don't know. I think Jacksonville does enough because they've had extra time too. I think they're going to London. I think, excuse me, Trevor Lawrence has a really good game. I can't project. I can't project the defense. Perriman and Roquan Smith, both great players. So I'll take either or. I think that's a, that's a wash. Consistently-wise, I think Perriman's been better. So I'm okay with that. And Denver does like to run. Going at, Breaking it down once we find out if his quarterback is Tua, even if it's Brissett, going up and down to the lineup. I think, I feel like, man. Kelsey, Smith, McLaurin, Swift, and Trevor Lawrence, and Bridgewater. That's the advantage there, two quarterbacks, as opposed to Sanders, Ertz, Chase, Hopkins, Williams, Eckler. Hmm. This is a close game. It's hard for me. I want to say Christian's team because I think they have more favorable matchups. But if Chuba Hubbard does start, I might lean towards Brian. Because there were, you know, regardless of running backs, there was a lot of pushes. But if Chuba Hubbard starts, I might lean towards Brian. If he does not, I prefer Tua back. But Tua, Brissett, doesn't matter. I think Christian wins in a closer game because of Eckler, because of Darrell Williams, because Zach Ertz plays well enough to keep up. And if Ertz outscores Kelsey, I really think it's over. So that is my projection on the three games. Tomorrow we will cover Matt's team against myself. Bishop Sycamore against Dream Team. That is, that's a must-win. I'm sorry, Steve, if you listen to the podcast. Mario, this is a good chance for you to get your first victory. You just traded Hurts, so maybe not. Either way, that is a must, must-win, whether Gronk comes back or not. Steve needs to win that. If he drops to 1-5 and, and loses to Mario, 
I think Steve's team might be done. He'd have to almost run the table with all these other good teams playing so well. And we will also cover Jacob against Elijah. Elijah barely, narrowly beat Mario last week. If the Colts